Welcome to the Travel Like a Boss podcast, the radio show all about traveling like a boss by being your own boss. Stay tuned for weekly interviews featuring guests that have built their own online businesses. If you would like to have access to our entire back catalog, visit travellikeabosspodcast.com for instant access. And here's your host, Johnny SD. Hey guys, what's up? This is Johnny, and welcome to episode 29 of the Travel Like a Boss podcast. This week, I have Alyssa Marshall from internationaldentistcentral.com. How you doing? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Thanks for having me, Johnny. You're welcome. Uh, we were back in Chiang Mai, and I first met you here a couple months ago. Yeah, I believe it's January. Yeah, and I've actually wanted to have you on the show since then. Uh, so Alyssa used to work as a dentist in the U.S., and now uh, she's living with her husband here in Chiang Mai. That's right. How long have you been traveling? Since January. We left December 31st. We the, the clock stroke midnight in the plane, like right as we were about to leave. So we like left San Francisco airport 1220, I believe, on January 1st. <laughs> okay, that's perfect. All right, so uh, in this episode, basically what I want to talk about is some kind of insider dentist secrets that your dentist won't tell you. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I went through an ordeal where I almost got tricked into getting a root canal and thanks to, to Alyssa, uh, I was able to save not only thousands of dollars but also you know, just the pain and suffering of going through an unnecessary root canal. So I'm going to pick your brain about that. I see. All right. Sure. Go for it. All right. But also, I want to you know, talk about how you're able to basically run a business with your husband while traveling and living in Thailand. Uh, so what, is, what actually is your business? So my business is... Um there are a lot of dentists that were tra trained and went into dental school outside of the U.S. that for whatever reason they want to come to the U.S. and live there. Um, for them, they have to get their license validated is one way to put it. Um, but that's basically what they have to do, majority of the people have to go back to the later two years of dental school um, and graduate again. But because they're joining the third year of dental schools, they have to pass a certain number of tests and go through a very rigorous application process to secure a seat and it's very very competitive so I help them along that application process um, with that emphasis on like skills assessment test okay training. and this is like a video membership site yeah we have a big portion of it is a video membership site and we also have live trainings um, a few months of the year Okay, so you actually do the live trainings in the U.S. or somewhere else? From the U.S. is where okay. I do it. So it kind of gives you an excuse to go back to the U.S. <laughs> That's right. Eat the barbecue. Hang oh my out. gosh, Texas barbecue. Yeah, die well, for. We were just talking about, so uh, tomorrow we're going to go have Texas barbecue out here in Chiang Mai, a place called Three Little Pigs. <laughs> and we're going to you know, basically rate it with a, uh, a true Texan to see how, <laughs> how right. it compares. Very excited about it. Uh, I just so I just got back from Colanta on a two-week vacation, and the ribs down there at this place called the Lanta Tavern were surprisingly good. I will definitely keep that in mind for when we go there in about eight weeks, I think. Yeah, very cool. So, uh, yeah, so we were talking about over lunch how you you wanted to learn to surf in, in Thailand, <laughs> and disappointingly, I told you that there's no surfing in Thailand. Oh, you were very <laughs> blunt about it. You said there's no surfing in Thailand. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, there's a, some surfing sometimes of the year in places like Phuket, uh, but generally there's no waves and it's not very good anyways. But there are s so many cool things to do in Thailand that you know you could surf somewhere else. Um, I mean, yeah. a couple suggestions you know where you can learn to rock climb, 
you can scuba dive, you can snorkel, and there's so many things to do down the islands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure we'll find more than enough things to do to kill time while we're down in the islands. What made you want to go down there? Like, what do you want to do down there? You know, I've never gave myself like a vacation time where I told myself that I will not be working. Um, it definitely took some time off and stuff like that, but it has always been a thing where I wanted to go down to the beach and kind of do nothing and just enjoy myself. Um, so yeah, this will be my first time that I'm actually doing it. Very excited. You know, what the really cool thing about that is, is that you're setting yourself a goal kind of a few months in advance and you're forcing a timeline so you can automate everything. Um, yeah. So when you, when you, when it's time to go down there, everything's kind of set and, and going. I mean, it's basically what Tim Ferriss did with this on his vacation during the four hour work week. Right, right, right. Yeah. So we're training, um, a few people, a part-time contractors right now the training is mostly done but there are always you know little things that it's still a lot of hands-on things that hopefully by then everything will be hands-off so that I can just enjoy the beach okay that's my goal so you found uh, you, you found some contractors like outsource yes uh, one in the US and two outside of the US okay so now you are officially a company uh, in a way I guess we are yeah <laughs> you know it's actually really cool when you when you think about it because for me when I hired my first employee and I mentioned about a blog post about it I just never got around to it but it, it was such a big shift I, I realized yes oh crap I'm the boss now yeah I'm and, not just doing everything myself yeah and it's you know I mean, the first step was you know not working for someone else not you know not right. having a normal job and then now that you're hiring employees and you become the boss it's such a weird feeling it's an interesting, interesting shift. I'm learning how to do it still, for sure. All right, so what do you think of life out here in Chiang Mai? I am totally in love with this city. It's such a perfect place. It's a slow pace. It has amazing food and coffee, which I'm a big fan of, like a few coffee shops here. And the co-working space that we work out of is like a perfect, it brings a perfect life together, almost, along with like a really cool mix of people that you run into like meet every people new people like every day which is amazing yeah so we're sitting out here in the garden of pun space one of my favorite places to to sit and do uh, a podcast mainly just because we can look around and you, you know, have leaves falling uh, so i actually have uh, both a coconut and a coffee in front of me <laughs> um I, it's kind of hard to describe what i'm doing it's uh <laughs> interesting <laughs> so basically so all right so while walking back to pun space after lunch uh, i bought a fresh coconut drank it and I decided I want to do a little experiment. So I have these local beans from a place called Akiyama, which is like a local organic coffee farm. Really good coffee. And mm -hmm. a Vietnamese French strip uh, contraption. So I basically put some ice in the coconut, in the empty coconut, and I'm pouring drip coffee into it right now as we speak, um, hoping that it gives me like a coconut iced coffee. Which should be amazing, actually, if it works. I think it will work. Um, uh, there are a lot of places that sell coconut coffee with coconut milk in it, which is like the most amazing thing I've tried. Um, so I'm actually looking forward to see how that goes. Uh, well, I'm gonna give the the first <laughs> taste test right now, live on air. If I start to uh, like cancel this <laughs> this episode, it's because of that. <laughs> no, it's nice. Uh, I think it'd be even better if I blended this with the, the coconut meat and the uh, coconut milk with some ice. But it's nice. It's, I mean, it's basically. I probably didn't put enough ice in, uh, and I just put extremely hot coffee on. So it's kind of just like a 
you know, cold coffee that has mm. a little bit of, of coconut flavor. But the cool thing about it is I'm drinking out of a fresh coconut. Right. So I right. enjoy that. All right. Uh, <laughs> sorry, guys. If you want to see a photo of what it actually looks like, you can go to Travel Like a Boss podcast uh, show notes episode 29 and i'll put some i'll put links to Alyssa's site uh the coconut some photos some cool stuff like that uh so what's it like being married and in business kind of and do you guys work together on the same projects or do you have kind of separate things we have both going on yeah so um a long pause sorry <laughs> so we have oh, i should say about three separate projects going on but I will only really work on one, which is the main, like, the internationaldentistcentral.com. Um, Kevin, my husband, is working on another one, which is called yourcoachsite.com, which is a web services company for life coaches so that they can have um, instant WordPress websites very easily that's hosted. Uh, and then another business we have that we kind of are just letting it run on its own. We're not really touching much with is cafetruth.com. So we have three projects, but I mostly work on International Dentist Central. Okay, very cool. And you know, it helps so much that you used to work as a dentist, you went through the procedures, yeah. and you realize there's a lot of other people in the world wanting to go through the same thing. There's just not enough information out there. And it's, so it's a yeah. weird limbo stage that a lot of people are in after they come to the States with this American dream and fantasy that um, it will be easy since they've been practicing in their home country for five years or whatnot, they think that, oh, let me just go. I, of course I can get into dental school easily and then I'll just get my license and I'll be out and running again. But when they come, they realize that it's nothing but it. It's really, really competitive and hard. Um, less than half of the people that attempt will make it in every year. Uh, and there are people that are trying for years in a row that don't make it in. So yeah, there are a lot of like sad dreams and stuff like that that's where we ha try to help well, I mean, I think that's a really cool thing where you're doing something that you generally help other people because their chances of passing that test after going through your, your program increases, you know, oh, yeah. a hundredfold. Yeah. Um, I mean, if anything, you know, just from like a marketing point of view, you can even have a, you know, your member until you pass, you know, kind of guarantee where people can come back year after year. We actually do have that. We just implemented that a few months ago. Yeah. Yeah, because that really shows that you're like, okay, Sign up for our program. We'll get right. you through it, no, no matter how long it takes. Right, exactly. So I like that. So I mean, for the people out there that you know, have no more jobs, or let's say you spent all all this money and all this time becoming a doctor, or a dentist, or a lawyer, or you know something that you feel like you you can't just throw away. Mm -hmm. It's really cool to know, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the show is to really prove to people that no matter what your career is back at home there's a way to to run your own online business that's location independent and that's what you have that is completely completely true because everybody thinks and I thought so too actually until I got together with Kevin um, I never this never even crossed my mind the fact that I would not be seeing patients actively working as a dentist it just was not even a possibility until yeah until you actually open your eyes to it but once you do you start seeing those different ways um, creative ways to get around it and doing other cool stuff while you have your own business. It's really nice. Well, I think that's kind of the whole point of this podcast. And the reason why I started it is even a year ago, before I met any other entrepreneurs or making money online, I used to think it was kind of a pipe dream. It wasn't really possible. <laughs> yes, exactly. And luckily, I kind of stumbled upon it anyways, where I came out on a vacation and I saw, I met one guy named Rene Christophe 
that was a scuba diving instructor huh. and he was the first person I ever met who had moved to Thailand or to any other country really and just kind of just enjoyed life while working and I think you know I think until this day he's, he's still doing uh, still teaching scuba diving uh, I actually emailed him recently just nice. kind of thanking him for snowballing all this yeah but it wasn't until I met you know actual digital nomads entrepreneurs who were making a US salary and living out here where it's ridiculously cheap you know that I realized I was like you know that's what I want to do and it's 100% possible so all the people I have on the show are doing the same thing and you know for the people who I actually just ran into someone on the beach uh, a few when I was back in Colanta who said he started listening from episode one he went back because there's only you know there's only 29 episodes so it was pretty easy for someone to go back and listen from the start and he said you know what it inspired him he's you know and he's coming out to Thailand nice that's nice that's where you feel like really good about yourself and what you're doing right in the podcast and stuff that's so awesome well you're basically doing the same thing because I right. bet you there's someone out there who's in some kind of profession where they spend years you know building themselves up to and now they're thinking well you know what if Alyssa can you know I mean if she can make it work as a dentist, you know, why can't I make it work as a, you know, XYZ? That is totally true. Just be creative and you'll find a way to do it. If you think that you can't do it, then you probably won't find a way. But if you come from the point of view that there will be something, let me try to figure out what that is, then you'll definitely find it, yeah, regardless and, of the profession. And literally every day I meet someone else, either here at Pun Space or you know, just through a friend of a friend who has some kind of online business that I never would have thought of in a million years. That is so true, isn't it? People are smart and very, very creative. I love it. You know, and the other cool thing is that you guys are a couple. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think a lot of people think, you know what, I'm married or I have a family. It makes it harder. But is, is it actually harder? You know, it depends on whether you're on the same page with your spouse or not. Um, which is very important, I think, to meet somebody that has a similar rhythm in life as yourself because you're going to be partners for life. And so, yeah, we when we met, we were not ha we did not have this kind of lifestyle. Actually, Kevin had a nine to five job, and I was a student in dental school. Like I had like a nine to nine kind of wow. <laughs> position, um, and it was not in my agenda anywhere to do this. I didn't even think it was possible. Um, but yeah, it was a shift that came to both of us together. So we kind of grew into get, grew into it together, and we both love it. And what I really like is you guys are keeping expenses low, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and what you know, and you're basically just building this business, which is going to be it's going to grow and get bigger and bigger. But yes. it's a hundred percent possible for someone to come come out here. I mean, what do you actually spend per month? Oh, that's a good question. I. I haven't checked too much, but I know that my rent is about $200 a month. We live in a small, sparse apartment. But a great location. Oh, yeah. It's perfect. Like, we walk to Pun Space all the time, and we walk everywhere. It's perfect. We barely spend time at, in the room anyways. That's That was actually our thought was we could spend a little bit more, but we came here to really work and get this business together and growing. Um, so we're going to sign up for memberships at Pun Space. So let's spend more time at Pun Space and let's discourage ourselves from spending too much time at home. Therefore, let's get a sparse apartment was really our reasoning. Like if we wanted to get a nicer place, we actually could have, but um, we didn't. So we did that. And on average, I mean, we spend, I think, $20 or so a day, $25 a day. Yeah. On, on Between the both or, of us. Yeah. yeah. On average. That's what it, I think it comes down to when we uh, calculated it based on like the money withdrawal. 
from ATMs. So that's one meal back in the US for one person. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And here we eat well. Like we're not eating cheap foods actually. We did in the beginning for a little bit and then we got a little sick a few times. So we, <laughs> so we upgraded. <laughs> so now we spend about $25 a day. Um, after the upgrade and including like amazing amazing coffee um, one of the best I've ever had anywhere in the world including Austin Texas and San Francisco California uh, seriously so the hipsters out there with the coffee freaks here's your run for your money out here in Thailand oh totally totally uh, you know so I, my story was actually very similar as well where I decided I think it was about a year ago that I was gonna move into a place as close to pun space as possible <laughs> Yeah. Just so I can spend more time at Pun Space. Mm -hmm. And I'm actually, just later today, uh, I'm moving back into that same building, and which is literally behind Pun Space. You can't see it because the, the Pun Space is uh, uh -huh. blocking it, but it's right behind it. Oh, wow. And I decided, cause I like the room. I, the only, the, oh, I would say the only downside to it is it's not that big. Mm -hmm. It's um, like a standard size hotel room and has like a queen bed. And I'm, I'm spoiled out here. Where I'm getting I'm getting used to king size beds, <laughs> but you know what? A queen is fine. You know, like you don't need yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it has its own bathroom, a little balcony, and a small couch, like a love seat. Yeah. And that's it. So it's not a big space, and it's definitely not. It wouldn't be good for two people. Um, but you know, I figure it's literally behind punt space. And what the reason why I want it is so I won't feel bad about leaving an expensive apartment empty when I travel. Exactly. And yeah. th that's the whole reason. So I'm spending $225 a month on this place. It's uh, 6,500 baht. Mm -hmm. And if you calculate that per year, that's less than $3,000. And that would be the same price that you would pay in condo fees, you know, even uh, after you bought the condo. Oh yeah, totally. So I just figured, you know what, even if I go somewhere, like let's say I go to Europe for two months this summer, which is the plan, I'll just leave the room and I'll leave it empty. Or if somebody wants to use it, know I can just give the keys to them and I figure I, this way I don't have to think about it I just I'll have I mean as of today I'm gonna have a place in Chiang Mai full-time official home base because I'm not going back to the US uh, it's tax season right now and <laughs> I just I just spent all day yesterday sending all my paperwork expenses and I'm hoping I'm not paying too much tax this year but next year I'm not paying any tax uh, awesome. And the re well, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. But <laughs> um, my goal is I'm going to do something called the foreign earned income exemption, uh, mm. which we talked about in one of the episodes. I don't remember which one, but it's the one with the, the guy from Greenback Tax Services, where if you're not in the U.S. for more than 35 days of the year, uh, then you basically don't pay. You don't pay the normal U.S. tax for income, and that was episode. I think 11 or something uh yeah episode 11 so if you guys are doing your taxes right now you guys can listen to that and the uh the owner of greenback tax services he kind of basically just goes through and says look if you're not in the u.s here are two ways where you could just not pay tax which i like yeah that's so awesome i mean tax is a huge it's a huge hit <laughs> it feels like yeah and you know the problem with you know working as as a dentist is it's a you pay a lot of tax Oh, yeah. And there's nothing you can that. do about it, right? No, not really. I mean, I worked for a corporate for six months as a dentist, and um, they took out some taxes for me, which was, I think it's really better because out of sight, out of mind, yeah. uh, that take care of a lot of it. But it's, it's like, I don't know, like 30%? And that's not little. Yeah, it's, I, I've heard that for, like, for doctors, 
they basically, you know, pay a, a crap load of taxes. I think it's actually more than 30%. 35. I don't, I, I'm not that savvy yeah. with tax stuff. So. And there's nothing they can do about <laughs> it. They, like, they're basically just an employee, you know, they have yeah. to, they just have to pay it, you know? Exactly. Um, and what's nice about having your own business is a lot of things are expenses. Totally. It was amazing. Um, this year, because we actually started our business just last year, it's about a year old now by now. Um, we did our taxes, we tried to get everything in line before we left the US, so like we met a CPA and stuff like that in December. Actually before we met him though, we tried to file on our own through TurboTax. And TurboTax said that we estimated we'll have to pay $15,000 in taxes. Wow. And we were like, shit, this looks like something's not right here. And so we found a CPA and we talked to him and he brought it down to $6,000. Okay, so half that. Yeah, like, oh no, like a third. Oh yeah. A little more than a third. But okay. yeah, I'm seriously very, very happy with and it. And how much did you pay the CPA? $700, I think. So you paid him $700 to save $7,000. Yeah, totally. Okay, yep. that's fair, I'll do that. It was a good deal. I'll do that all day. Exactly. So, you know, for people that don't believe in paying a lot for services, if it can make you more money or save you money, hire the best and just pay for it. That is so true. That is one thing that I'm learning constantly um, as we go is that I used to want to do everything as cheap as possible and just do it hands-on myself, but I have to realize that somebody else can do it for me much faster and much more efficiently and bring like incredible results back. Like I would have never gotten to pay like $6,000 in tax have I filed it all by myself on TurboTax, it would have been so bad. You know, I do that all the time now where if it's something I know, like having kind of private help by someone who actually knows they're doing will yeah. help. I mean, the stupidest example is, so they open an ice skating ring here at the mall at Central Festival. <laughs> and I, I suck at ice skating. I'm like an elephant on ice skates, right? <laughs> Literally. Um, I did it once when I was really young and I was terrible at it. So I knew I wasn't going to be any better this time. Uh -huh. So I showed up and I was like, how much for a private coach for an hour? Uh -huh. And in my mind, no matter what the amount was, it'd be worth it. Because right. if I tried to do it on my own, I would just fall and hurt myself and I would hate it and never want to do it again. And get frustrated. Yeah, and just, yeah, just get totally frustrated. But by having like a one-on-one -on -one coach, I knew I was going to be at least okay and it would give me the foundations to do it well. Right. So I plan on, on learning how to snowboard or ski still up in the air so if uh, anyone has any opinions on that let me know in the comments uh i'm leaning towards snowboarding just because the gear looks cooler yeah uh, and i 100 percent i'm gonna hire you know i'm gonna take classes i'm gonna, I'm gonna hire hire an instructor and not try it on my own definitely most definitely like i actually that's one of uh, the things that we're planning on doing after this year like this winter is go skiing or snowboarding for a couple of months i think in somewhere in colorado is what we're talking about and yeah we're we're gonna do the same thing like i i know how to ski i was in like i learned actually pretty legit because i went on, i was on a team for a while in, back You're back in the day professional ski team well i can't really say that's a ski team like i'm not that good but um yeah it was kind of like a team where we got together and we ha had we learned from really good people um when i was in college so i did that but i tried snowboarding once on my own half a day in a um, ski resort in California and I learned that I was never gonna try to <laughs> learn this by myself again it's not worth it yeah like if, if there's an option out there where you can build a good foundation yeah just do it um, and I think one of the big turning points for it was so when I started I got really lucky so I, 
I met a guy named Anton out here a year ago, and I'm sure you got, all you guys know the story now. You know, I had him on the episode a few times now. But be, before I knew anything about dropshipping or e-commerce, I took his, I did his online course, and I followed the steps, and it worked. And since then, I've met a lot of people who have just kind of just done it on their own. Um, mm -hmm. You know, because the, the software is out there. You can just go to Shopify. You don't need to go to Anton Method, you know, and then learn the course and then go to Shopify. You can just go straight to Shopify, open a store. Right. And I started doing something like uh, basically e-commerce consulting, which kind of just fell, fell into. And man, like every single person who contacted me and I went to the stores, I was like, you don't even have the most basic things on there. Huh. And, you know, like things like you don't have a freaking contact us page, you know, <laughs> or there, okay. So the, the couple of requirements you have to have is you have to have an about us page, an FAQ, a shipping returns policies page, a contact us page, and it helps to have something like a price guarantee um, page as well. And 100% of the people were missing at least one or two of them. Mm -hmm. You know, they would have some of them, but not the other ones. And it's like one of those real basic foundations that people just don't follow. Uh, or another big uh, mistake that I saw people make was that you'd go to the store and it would be designed nicely. It, it would look nice, but there was no call to action at all. You couldn't even tell it was an e-commerce store. So people weren't in the buyer mindset. They didn't realize, hey, this is a store to buy something. Right, right. You know, and just little things like that, you know, make your store from a website, you know, which could be anything, to an e-commerce store. And that increases conversions like, so much. So recently, people started contacting me, asking me if I would do phone coaching. And I, I always said no. I always just said, you know, I'd just follow the freaking videos on Anton's mm. site because whatever I'm going to teach you is probably already on there or on the Optimize Like a Boss uh, program after that. But what I realized is a lot of people aren't the best at following directions. That is very true. You know? It's and, all out there, but so, they still don't do it. Yeah. And so now that... I have that little phone coaching option on there. I, actually, I don't even think I ever talked about it on the podcast. Mm. Um, but random people will find it and they'll sign up for it. And now that I've done a, I've done a few sessions with people, I realize, man, if it wasn't for them talking to me, they would have spent wasted so much freaking time. You know, like they would have literally spent two months, you know, chasing a stupid niche that would never sell well <laughs> online. That you know, to me, seems like such common sense. Uh -huh. But I guess you know, some people they they're too close to it, or you know, they're not surrounded by other entrepreneurs. You know, they to them they're like, oh, you know, oh yeah, you know, it's, it's, it sounds like a good idea to. And you get married to your idea. Yeah, uh, or people would you know, to spend way too much time and not have the store live you know or like and out they just need someone to say look go ahead start the advertising campaign right make a sale you know so now that i've been doing that i'm like you know what i actually i enjoy doing it and i'm glad i can help other people uh so i've become you know the the ski instructor that i'm gonna be signing up for you know nice 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 yeah no and it feels really good to see somebody make like huge leaps like that because of the hour or two that you spent with them like huge progress that you know that you would have they would have made it, they would have taken a long long time to make if it wasn't for you so that's awesome yeah and i really truly 100 percent believe that the reason why i'm successful is because of a lot of the people i've met and mm. surrounded myself around and a lot of it was just by luck you know i really feel like the people that you meet you know I don't know. I mean, I, I would say half of it's luck and half of it is you're attracting cool, like-minded people into your life. 
Right, but also, like, it doesn't help to just say hello and, you know, go your separate ways. Like, you're very good at actually cultivating relationships with the people you meet. Um, yeah, so I think that's probably was worked in your favor. Well, that. I think with you and Kevin, it was, so I just started dating my girlfriend when, I, when, we, when we first met, so a few months right. ago. And I was like, oh, cool, they're a couple. We need uh, more couple friends. Yeah. <laughs> It's like an episode of How I Met Your Mother. Right. <laughs> and I was like, oh, perfect. Okay. They're going to be our new couple friends. <laughs> Worked out well. Yeah. And it, it always looks funny when we're out at dinner together mm -hmm. because we're both international, like interracial, interracial couple. couples. Yeah. So I think a lot of people just assume that you're, you're my you're my girlfriend yeah, and then we're and Cameron together and then we just swap. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. That is so true. Uh, uh, but so how long have you been married now? Uh, a year and a half, I think, right? Okay. September is our anniversary, so a year and a half. So it's still pretty new? Yeah. I like it. Okay. And how long do you plan on living out here traveling, or do you guys want to settle down somewhere? Down the road, I mean, we want to have a home base, but I don't exactly know if that will be the same as settling down. So, like, we, what we want to do is later on down the road. So we're based out of Austin, Texas, so perhaps have a place in Austin, Texas that we can continuously, like, house swap, and while living in other places, um, yeah, but we don't have much plans like set in concrete yet. We just kind of want to do what feels right as we go. I like that. And it's cool that you have the option to do that. Yes, exactly. You know, I've actually met a lot of different couples mm. out here that travel around together. And a lot of them are married now, too. Mm -hmm. um, I think, yeah, I mean, no, I, don't, I don't know if it's just because... Now that I'm dating someone, I, I'm also kind of attracting other couples into our lives because, you know, there's, we do different things, you yes. know, like with my single friends, you know, especially when I was in Saigon, they were like, all right, Tuesday night, we got to go out to the bar, you know, it's ladies night, so they're going to be drunk, going to go pick up chicks. Right, right, you know, right. Or, oh, it's Friday night, we got to go to the club. And I'm like, I, I don't want to go. <laughs> I don't like drinking, you know, and I, I like, I want to just, I want to chill out, you know, right. I want to do, I want to go to like a nice dinner somewhere. I want to go on a, like a weekend trip somewhere. Yeah. And now I feel old. Now, you know, I feel like. I hear you. Marshall Erickson. <laughs> I totally hear you. I wondered if I, cause I used to be more of like a single partier drifted into a, like you said, like that doesn't really interest me anymore. It's not that. I want to do it, but I don't feel like I should or anything like that. It just genuinely does not interest me anymore. Which, when I was in my early 20s, I saw people like that, and I thought, they are so boring. What are they doing? But now I'm on the other side where I genuinely am no longer interested in that kind of party culture, and I'm really enjoying, like, chill, laid-back, nice dinners and weekend trips. It's really funny. But I do think that it's definitely true that as you shift there and become a couple, you attract and just naturally hang out with more couple friends to do that with. Yeah, you know, what's funny is that, so last night, we are sitting around the uh, the apartment and Larissa comes to, to me with a niche idea. Oh. So Yeah, so she's like, she's like, Johnny, do you think this will work for e-commerce store? Wow. And we started researching it. I went on my VPN and I was like, okay, so if we're in Austin, my funny is my, my VPN is based on Austin. Oh, right. So I'm like, if you're in Austin, this would be a niche idea. Uh, if, you're in, if you're in Johannesburg, South Africa, this is what would come up. And we were researching it for like half an hour and I was explaining everything to her. And she says to me, like, you know, thank you so much for, you know, taking your time. I know wow. you're, I know you're like, this is time you to relax because it's, it was night. It was after Aww. work. 
And I said to I just turned around. I was like, are you freaking kidding? I love doing this. <laughs> like, to, like, this is much better than watching TV to me. Right. I love talking about business. I love e-commerce. I love... I just like, and the fact that she wants to get into it, I'm yeah, so excited. That is super exciting, actually. It's actually, I'm excited too. That's super awesome. Yeah, because, okay, so she doesn't know this, but I'm slow, I've been planting seeds in her brain for the last couple of months. You know, like having her listen to the podcast or having her meet other, other couples who are doing business. And my goal is for her, you know, these seeds to kind of grow, <laughs> like, um, Inception. <laughs> now she's gonna listen to this, <laughs> <laughs> and she's gonna be like, you know what? I want to create an online business too, and that'll be awesome because then we can really have the freedom to travel around. Uh, exactly. Last time we had dinner with Shannon, so he was on that the podcast as well, Doctor Shannon Weeks, and him and his wife are had the craziest travel schedule for this summer, and I can't even say some of the places because I actually don't know where they are. <laughs> Uh, but I, I do remember them saying they're going to go to Nepal to go do some trekking, which mm. sounds awesome. Doing, you know, going up to the Himalayas. Yeah. And then they're going to go somewhere in Europe. I don't remember where. Uh, and I think they're going to stay in a castle uh, as well. Because you can basically castle sit. It's, it's part of house sitting. Seriously? Yeah. What? Yeah. And the, uh, the reason why people want you to house sit is not to t- really take care of the house or plants, you know, it's because they have pets and nobody wants to leave their, their uh-huh. dog at, you know, some pet, you know, right. some dog hotel, get fleas and yeah. you know, probably, you know, like get stuffed in this little place. Right, right. They'd much rather have the dog stay home in their house or in this case, castle and have people come in and feed and take care of it. So there are dogs. Like, I mean, like, wow. So people live in castles and they're like going somewhere. And so they want you to come and take care of it. Yeah. That is amazing. I know, right? To look into, yeah. So that's another cool hack for anyone, especially couples. You know, because you know, if you're if you're a single guy, you might not. You know, <laughs> I guess you know. I guess it would be cool. You go to a bar and be like, I hey, <laughs> you know, hey, do you want to come check out my castle? And the girls are like, what? Okay, yeah, why not? Yeah, right? yeah, girls would fall for that. <laughs> you know, I would if I was a girl. I'm like, all right, yeah. l- l- let's let's go see if the guy really has castle or not. Right, why not? And once you're in, bang. But <laughs> I think it's even cooler for couples to just mm. spend a week, you know, and especially, you know, I'm sure, I'm assuming they have Wi-Fi in the castle. I don't know. Oh, I sure hope so. <laughs> yeah, but then you can you can work. I mean, you could just kind of hang out in whatever whatever grounds. You totally. Know, in the courtyard, or I, I've, not, I've never actually been in a castle, so I don't know anything about it besides what I've seen in cartoons. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you can do some work together as a couple, um, and then you can kind of enjoy the rest of the time sightseeing. That sounds really cool. I need to talk to Alexis and Shannon about that. I like yeah, it. Yeah. Or maybe you guys can do like a. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure there's probably a guest room there. Maybe. Oh, there's gonna be tons of rooms, right? It's a castle. <laughs> So, for the single people out there, you know what, enjoy, but I'm telling you right now that I thought it was fun to be single, right? especially the guys into this, all right? mm-hmm. I'm telling you right now, all right, it is fun to be single, go out, pick up chicks, you know, bang some random girl on, on, on a Friday, <laughs> all right? but it is once you meet a girl that you really like and you can just, you know, like you're just, you know, at home, you work on a computer and then... All of a sudden, you're like, all right, I want to take a break, watch, you know, watch some TV now. It is so freaking nice just to have someone there all the time, mm. just to even watch TV with. It, it's yeah. a million times better. It's so true. You you're know? not like, 
in a way, I think that you go find out other people to just hang out with because you're kind of lonely. But just having somebody always there kind of fills in that gap. You always have like a really nice company that you enjoy and a partner, which is nice. I enjoy being a couple a lot. Yeah. So enjoy it. You know, if you guys are young, you know, go out, hit your, uh, I don't know, whatever the goals are. Have, have the threesome, get the belt, you know. Hook up with a hundred <laughs> girls, you know, get get it out of your system. For sure. All right, but if you meet a girl that you really like, you'll realize really quickly, you know what? There's so many benefits of, of, of having a good relationship, uh, but don't settle, right? Because really easily, I, I know tons of guys, mm-hmm. and I feel bad, but I, I know guys who are married with, to the wrong girl, oh. and they are miserable. All right, if you haven't had sex with your wife or your girlfriend in over three months. Get out of that relationship. That is true. You know, and like seriously, there's no reason to be in a shitty relationship just because you feel you're comfortable or it's, it's hard to, to get to another one. You know, I really f- truly believe that, especially if you're, you know, if you're working on yourself and you, you know, you're not like, if you listen to this, you probably are working on yourself. You're, you're probably an entrepreneur or at least wanting to be one. Right. You, you're wanting to travel and see the world. Uh, you are probably planted some, some CrossFit seeds in your head. Like I have Alyssa, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Speaking of which, yeah, that was cool that you you just, you just joined CrossFit, right? Yep, it's my third week. Very nice. I love it. And do you think it's because everyone around you does it and talks about it? It definitely helps. Um, and the entrepreneurial community is amazing because everybody is very conscious and they constantly work on themselves. Like, nobody really lets themselves go. Like, it's the healthiest community that you'll find and it's the most mature and amazing people to really hang out with. So like, yeah, being in that part of community and not having worked out for a long time definitely did. But actually, I tried working out a lot at home by myself and it just did not work. But it's in theory, it's amazing because you can do all that stuff at home. Like, you, I mean, you know, like you don't really even need much stuff if you just have the discipline to do so. I failed more than 10 times. Like I told myself I'd do it and I just figured, you know, it's time to pay something (laughs) so that I would go do it. And once I signed up third week, I mean, I'm I'm still new to it, but I've been always going like three times a week, which is cool. Yeah, I I love it. I think people definitely get more consistent when they're paying for it. They have a set time and a schedule. uh, And, you know, you look forward to seeing the people there. And, exactly. You know, because you kind of motivate each other. Uh, you don't have to think about what exercise to do today because it's all planned out for you. Totally. Uh, you have a coach to kind of make sure that you're doing it correctly and not, you're not hurting yourself. And push you. And yeah, you end up working out at least three times harder yeah. at a CrossFit class than you would at home. Oh, totally. No, no comparison whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. But we're lucky that the CrossFit in Chiang Mai is actually really good. Has good coaches and good facilities. I've actually heard, you know, that. The CrossFit brand itself, you know, is it, you know, it's basically a, um, a franchise. So there's good and bad gyms. So there's good and bad coaches. So the one you sign up for, just, just read some reviews on it, uh, or ask around, make sure it's good. I would even suggest checking out maybe two or three different local ones, see which one you fit well with, huh. especially because most of them have free trials. Right, right. Uh, and what I always tell people is, if you do get started. Uh, it's very tempting to go six days a week and try to hit a personal record every single time. But I really firmly believe that if your diet is good and you do CrossFit every other day, you know, and giving yourself a, a break, you're going to get in just, you know, you're going to get in incredible shape anyways, and right. you're going to be less likely to hurt yourself. Uh, so that's what I've been doing. I've, I've actually, I don't know if anyone uh, listening has kind of has followed along on my YouTube videos or my, on my blog, but... I've lost a lot of weight in the last 
six months and definitely in the last year and I've gotten a lot better shape and I've actually worked out a lot less now than I used to do before. Huh. So I used to do Muay Thai six days a week, sometimes twice a day. Really? Yep. Oh my god. Which is a really tough workout. That's a lot. And my body was always just like, just trying to recover from it. Totally. And now I, I honestly only work out maybe two, three times a week maximum. Uh-huh. Uh, but I eat clean all the time. And when I work out, I work out hard, and then I give myself enough time to rest. Right. Uh, and I'm in much better shape now than I ever was my entire life. I mean, right now, I can kick my 18-year-old self's ass, and I'm in better shape than I was when I was 21 or even a few years ago. That is so awesome. I look forward to doing that to myself as well. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And so the other part of you know, kind of getting into this whole movement is taking care of our health. You know, I mean, yeah. there's plenty of entrepreneurs who aren't in, you know in good shape uh, especially the ones that kind of just glue themselves to a computer or don't get any sun but I would say the vast majority of the people we meet care about you know building a business yeah. making money travel uh, all but also health and fitness um, yeah and in a way I think as you start the lifestyle and start the business you realize that you have to take care of your body first because if your body is not they're functioning for you like you're not going to build a business and you're not going to travel yeah because if you're not you know if, if you're not always full of energy then yeah. it makes it really hard to sit down and just and pump out a project you know and, and i especially when you're working for yourself kind of and there's no boss it's self-imposed deadlines that you're working towards you have to keep that motivation and the dedication going and it's definitely important to stay healthy to be able to do that and you know part of the health uh and so, is taking care of not just your physical body, but all, I mean, also your teeth, and, <laughs> right? Sure. So, so I'm all right. So when I was in college, I bought a packet of floss. It was a for the first time. Yeah, for the first time ever. <laughs> it was a packet of uh, Glide floss. I, I bought it when I was 19, going off to college, uh -huh. and I remember every year when I moved apartments, I'd pack that packet of floss, <laughs> the same one, and. Uh, it just never got used up. And, right. I, and I, I was thinking, man, floss lasts forever. <laughs> well, like, well, if you don't use it. <laughs> so I, th I think it was exactly a year ago, I told myself, I'm going to floss every day no matter what. And I said, no more excuses, no more BS. I don't care if I'm tired. I don't care if I'm lazy. I don't care if I'm traveling. I'm just 100%. I'm going to floss every single day. Mm -hmm. And I'm proud to say that for the last 365 days with maybe the exception of when I was capping or something and I didn't bring it with me mm. but I flossed every single day uh, nice not many people can say that yeah so this is uh, the travel like a boss floss challenge <laughs> floss like a boss 365 alright totally. hashtag <laughs> it's actually very important like Dennis don't just say that for like nothing it actually is like the best way to Keep your teeth healthy. Flossing and brushing seriously is you can go really far with it. Well, the reason why I knew that flossing was actually good for you and no one's trying to sell you anything is mm. because dentists don't actually make money telling you to floss. You know? <laughs> that is true. If anything, they would make more money telling you not to floss. Right, yes. And I mean, this is kind of a sad world, but every single time I'm told anything by the media, by the news, by TV, or even by a doctor or dentist, I always ask myself, Mm. Who is profiting from this? Mm -hmm. Why are they, you know, why like, why are they telling me this? 
And luckily with, with something like Floss, it's, you know, no one's really making money from it, especially because each pack of Floss lasts seven years. <laughs> um, and it's one of those things where dentists, are, you know, they're like, they always say, it's almost a disclaimer. They're like, you know what, you should floss twice a day, every day, knowing that you probably won't, but at least they told you. They're like, oh, I told you, there's nothing I, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. And I mean, in a way, seeing patients, like, it's frustrating sometimes because you know that if they just flossed a little bit more, um, they would not need that, let's say, that deep cleaning that they need right now. They would have just been okay with the regular cleaning, but they didn't floss. Um, yeah, and so it's it really is like you want to kind of mother them sometimes. <laughs> like you want to go in their house and be like, you need to floss now, but it's not something that we can actually do. All right, so I'm going to pick your brain about the, you know, the procedures that, that, that are pretty common from a dentist, mm -hmm. all right? Um, and then we're going to talk about how people can prevent it, prevent these things in the first place. Because I'm a, I'm a big, big believer that if you can prevent something in the first place, it is a million times better than, you know, trying to figure out a solution to fix it. Yeah. And a, a little story behind that is I read an article uh, about the new CEO of some, some airline company based in the U.S. I don't remember if it was, like, you know, UA Air or, like, American Airlines, or it was one of those. Hmm. But basically, they were spending millions of dollars trying to, you know, recover lost luggage. And they told, you know, the CEO basically had a goal mm. that he wanted to reduce the lost luggage time uh, of recovery uh, from the average of seven days mm -hmm. to the average of two days. So basically right now, or at least at oh. that time, if, you, if your luggage is lost, it takes them seven days on average to recover it. That's a long ass time. And people get mad, right? Yeah. So they were trying to make the problem better by saying, okay, if we lose your bag, we can get it back to you within two days. So they, were, they spent all this money huh. trying to figure out how to make the, the, um, the process faster. Right, right, right. And when the new CEO came in, he said, what the heck are you guys doing? I don't care if it takes 20 days to bring back the, the luggage. Let's uh -huh. just not lose the luggage in the first place. Right, yeah. So he focused all of his attention on preventing, you know, um, preventing and saying, instead of us losing, you know, 3% of the luggage that mm -hmm. goes through, why not just lose 0% and never have to deal with it? And, you know, one Brilliant. out of 10,000, you know, bags that gets lost, you know what, we'll really apologize. We'll say, you know what, it, it's gonna take us two weeks to get it back to you but here's a voucher for a free flight or something because right. it never happens. Right. So I'm, I feel the same way about health and about, um, about your teeth. And uh, actually, I just sat down last night with Dr. Shannon Weeks, mm -hmm. who's a, you know, you know, who a US trained medical doctor. And I had brought up a conversation that I've had with two guys that, that I know over the years. And I remember a few years ago, the first one that said it to me, I, you know, I wasn't really in a position to say if he was right or wrong, so mm. I kind of just let it go. But basically, both these guys are really overweight, they're obese, mm. and they said to me, uh, no, no, you know, oh, I, can't, I can't eat that broccoli because it gives me gout. <laughs> and last week, when <laughs> this guy said it to me, and now that, you know, I really feel like I have a better understanding of nutrition and food and uh -huh. health, especially because I've been through it, you know, myself, and I lost a lot of weight, in a very healthy way and I've gotten blood tests, I've talked to doctors uh -huh. and I was very, very, you know, adamant when I said it to him and I was 100%, you know, sure and I said to him, 
you're not you don't have gout because you eat too much broccoli I'm 100% sure of that and nice. I was a little bit you know I was a little bit rude about it I, yeah. you know, I feel bad but I was so pissed <laughs> you know that he you know he had this excuse I said you're fat you know like you have gout because you're fat you know because you eat all this crap and he was literally eating a captain's plate which is a plate of fried calamari oh, fried shrimp and french fries instead of the broccoli right. chicken or whatever because oh it's like oh, I can't eat that broccoli it's, it'll give me gout right right oh my god yeah it's very um people sometimes need to wake up from <laughs> those things like that and take some responsibility and see what's actually causing the gout rather than basically in a way finding an excuse to not eat your broccoli well so I asked uh, Dr. Shannon last night I said because uh -huh. I just wanted to be 100% sure I was like you know what I'm pretty sure common sense says eating more broccoli and you know less fried crab is not, you know is gonna help the gout. Uh -huh. But I just want to be sure. Mm. So I asked him, and he you know he laughed. He's like, he's like, look, no one has ever gotten gout from eating too much broccoli. <laughs> and <laughs> the reason why doctors and U.S. doctors even nowadays uh -huh. still sometimes you know prescribe that or recommend it is there's you know the uh, Broccoli, organ meats, and cauliflower have a lot of something called uric acid, uh -huh. and because you know, you know, correlation is not causation, but they just assumed, okay, you know, and maybe this does something. Mm. But the actual cause of gout is having too much sugar in your diet, uh, specifically fructose, which comes from all fruit, but also, mm -hmm. you know, but really anything processed as well. Um, and the reason why my two friends had gout is because they ate way too much starches. They ate too much bread, too much, uh, you know, too much wheat, too much potatoes, right. and too many fried things, and then too much sugar. Uh, and they need to start eating some freaking broccoli. <laughs> maybe you know, and, and, and it's hard, you know. Uh, so if you think you have gout because you're eating too much, too much organ meat or too many vegetables. Stop lying to yourself. Uh, listen to the to the episode with Shannon Weeks and just get on top of it. Uh, as for your teeth, <laughs> okay, I, I'm assuming uh -huh. that if that diet has a lot to do with bad teeth. A diet definitely actually does. You're correct. Um, sticky foods, in a way, like bread is a very sticky food. Rice is a very sticky food. Uh, starchy sticky foods that like when you chew it if it gets sticky it's, it's considered a sticky food or foods that are uh, high in sugar of course basically for uh, tooth caries to start happening three conditions have to be met which is there is uh, the correct bacteria which everybody practically has and then there is a food source of the bacteria which is the sugar and then the bacteria there's sufficient time as four factors sorry sufficient time for the bacteria to eat the sugar and produce acid from it to start decaying the tooth um, and then the there is the uh, or what's it called uh, basically plaque for the bacteria to be stuck on the tooths and all those four factors and the pH has to drop under I think it was 4.5 my theory is getting a little rusty um, but something like that so as the bacteria eats up the sugar and spits out acid as a result and that acid is basically sitting on your tooth that's where the start of caries is it's like decalcification is where it all starts from okay. with bacteria you know one thing that really pissed me off uh -huh. is growing up I assumed it was normal to get at least one cavity a year yeah and a lot of dentists it, like you know what to the dentists out there you know 
I'm sure some, a lot of people are you know good people, but the whole I'm talking about the industry itself and also mm. our society itself, right? It is not okay to have cavities ever. And I wish that somebody would say that to us when we we're kids and our parents, and basically slap mm. our parents and be like, "What the hell? What, your, your kid has cavities again this year? They're, they're supposed to come with zero, yeah. not oh congratulations, they only have one cavity this year." <laughs> so screwed up. No, I totally hear you. Um, yeah, no, it's all about prevention, really, and it is completely possible. Sometimes, like, some children will have some developmental anomaly that will make it basically very, 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 very susceptible to caries, and in that case, like, it's important for the parent to know that so that it's actually pretty common in a few teeth in your mouth, um, but as, as long as the parents know that and they keep really a very close eye on that tooth, and if it's possible, Get, say something like getting a sealant or something. I'm, I'm trying um. to throw uh, a, a <laughs> coconut at this beetle that's making so much noise on this freaking tree. <laughs> oh, that's right. There's nothing we can do about it. So we just let, let it go. But keep um, going. That's what happens outside, right? Yeah, but I mean, like, definitely jungle. <laughs> Stuff's flying down. Um, but the guy doesn't seem to care. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually forgot what I was talking about. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but I think I was talking about like, yeah, cavities and stuff like that. It's definitely possible to not have any cavities. And like, it's, it's a shift in the mindset, right? As the society started eating grains, actually when cavities started to develop uh, prevalently, like from, you know, looking at like the, our old, what do you call those, the skulls. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it was with the start of farming that cavities started to happen like a lot more prevalently than before. And so it really is closely tied to starches and sugars and stuff like that. So um, keeping a close eye on your, like your child's diet, um, making sure you're doing preventive stuff, it's definitely possible to not have any caries and that should be the norm. No, so I read a book um, called Cure, Cure Tooth Decay by this uh, guy named Ramian Nagel and I, I got it on Amazon uh, and in the book they talk they basically talk about that they talk about how a lot of tooth decay had, had be, began because we started eating things like grains and mm -hmm. lots of sugar and that the diet really is so important yes. to, to keep the teeth healthy and so what had happened was I mean my whole life I ate a normal standard American diet you know mm -hmm. lots of grains lots of sugar especially as a kid and I've been eating, you know, really clean last year. Mm -hmm. So I was really kind of hoping that I wouldn't have any any tooth problems. Mm -hmm. So when I went to see the dentist a couple of months ago, I was really surprised when they said um, that I had, I had first I had uh, was it one and a half small cavities? I think it was it was two like two cavities, and I was like, okay, whatever, just fill it, it's fine. Uh -huh. But then the doctors suggest try to sell me on a root canal. And at first, I just figured, you know what, I'm lucky that I'm in Thailand, root canals are cheaper, <laughs> and I'm making enough money where I can afford it now, right. okay, just, just schedule me for it. Uh -huh. And he's like, okay, you know, you can come in tomorrow. And when I got home, I started researching what's involved in a root canal, and I didn't realize it's, it's legitimate surgery. Mm -hmm. You know, it's actually a big deal, and people get them kind of like as a routine procedure, but <laughs> it's, a big, it's a big thing. Yeah, you're basically taking out the nervous system within a whole tooth. So, yeah, it's you not know, not a simple or easy thing. 
And so I, I really feel like everybody's goal should to never ever have to get a wound canal their whole life. Yeah, you know? it's and, very possible. And anything that you can do to prevent that, you should do it. Um, and if that requires you not eating sugar or not eating grains, it's worth it to take oh, care of your teeth. Totally. And you know, not eating sugar and not eating grains will do so much more for you than just taking care of your teeth. I think it's really beneficial for your health and yeah, like just your overall well-being. Like every aspect of your life will improve, um, including your teeth for sure. Alright, so if you, so, so what happened was I was very lucky that I had become friends with Alyssa around that time and I had asked her to take a look at my, my x-rays and basically we, we realized that there was, that Dennis kind of prematurely said I needed a root canal and that there was a good chance that I didn't need one uh, at all or at least at the time. So what I did was I went to a different dentist and got a second opinion, didn't tell him anything um, and I got a, you know, another set of x-rays but also I had them check the tooth that they filled to make sure that they filled it correctly. And what pissed me off was I found out that the first dentist, because he tried to summon a root canal, didn't fill my, my tooth correctly. He only filled half of it, mm. which means that if I didn't go to the second dentist, right. I would have had to get a root canal within six months. Yeah. And he would have been like, oh, I told you so. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. I was super lucky to, to have that. So I really recommend to anyone out there, if your dentist tells you need a root canal, get a second opinion. Re, you know, read that book. I'll link it to the, I'll link to it in the show notes. Um, but at the very minimum, get a second opinion and don't tell the first doctor that the first dentist, you know, um, they basically don't tell, don't tell the dentist anything. <laughs> <laughs> Second opinions are definitely important. And um, what I do want to, so it's being a dentist is a very tricky um, position because in a way we have a little more knowledge and we're in a position that we're supposed to help and care for the patient. And that is what we want to do. But the society, in a way, it, there's so much distrust around the profession, um, which is kind of sad. Like, there are a lot of really, really good dentists that truly try to do what's best for the patient. But I can't say that everybody is like that. There are definitely also people that would overtreat. Um, but from a patient's perspective, it's really, really hard to tell that apart. So yeah, getting a second opinion is definitely important, but also if it's, if let's say two or three dentists consistently tell you that you probably need a root canal, then you actually probably do need a root canal. It is a procedure that will, um, that will actually help, help you not lose the tooth because losing a tooth comes with a lot of other consequences as well. And you definitely don't want to go down that route. So prevention first, best, um, but yeah, don't. Don't like just. I, I don't want you to just be like, um, "Oh, root canals are evil. We shouldn't do it." It's very helpful in certain. Um, yeah, I definitely agree that. At, you know, if someone really genuinely needs a root canal, I'm glad that it's out there. Yeah. And I'm glad that that's an option. Mm -hmm. um, but I also feel that for for de like for a dentist that thinks that there's an eighty percent chance that you might need a root canal, it's a lot to cover his back. Mm -hmm. He'll say, "Get a root canal." Yeah, um, it happens a lot. I can't say it doesn't. There's also complicated things and small nuances like laws and patients suing the dentist and everything kind of comes into play where nobody really wants to get sued and a nice way to kind of get around that will 
just be like if the if the radiographic evidence is strong enough that it was likely that this tooth could have needed a root canal then if the patient gets a root canal and no longer develops any um, symptoms or pain um, it does work in the dentist's favor also financially as well I, get to, I can't say that it's not like that so because so, root canals are expensive mm-hmm. and doctors make, and dentists make a lot of money from them yeah uh, it's expensive but it also it's very technique sensitive and it's actually a very difficult procedure too but yeah it's definitely uh, uh, expensive <laughs> we do make money from it sure alright so you know 100% the best way is preventing it yeah stop eating sugar stop eating you know sticky foods so a sticky food not only grains not only rice and potatoes but now or laters they're sticky and made out of sugar <laughs> yeah probably not good for you right? no. Jolly Ranchers and I mean like the, I guess since we're talking to some people maybe this will help but um, you know people that say that say they drink I'm drinking a coconut right now but yeah. I'm using a straw um, and the way I'm drinking it is actually not very good for me because I'm drinking it through little sips throughout like a long period of time like I'm working on like a coconut for an hour people that drink sugary drinks for like an extended period of time like a sip and then 10 minutes a sip a 10 minutes another sip it's very 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 bad for your teeth because it doesn't give your oral environment to bring that pH the acidic environment back up. Oh wow. Yeah, before so basically if the pH is not acidic you will not develop caries. But after you eat it, there is a period of time where it goes down acidic but it bounces right back up because your saliva acts as a buffer so drinking water it helps a lot and stuff like that. But before you give that a chance if you have another sip and then later you have another sip and stuff like that it's very 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 bad for you. Okay, so doing what I did, I gulped down my my coconut. <laughs> that's perfect. In about two, like that wasn't even two minutes. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, you were really fast. <laughs> <laughs> so that's actually good for my teeth. Oh yeah, it's perfect. Wow. Okay. And then drink some water, and that will wash it out too. Yeah. Yeah. It does not replace brushing, but okay. you know when you're out and about, you don't really brush anyways. So, yeah. Okay. So, ideal situation. How many how many times a day do you brush your teeth? I do it morning and night when I'm at home. Okay, and, um, that, but and that's good enough. Yeah, yeah. If you do like if you thoroughly thoroughly brush and floss your teeth once a day you're not likely to have much problem and I'm talking for somebody that's actually in a pretty good standing but it's likely that we plaque develops constantly so I'm talking like a thorough cleaning of removing every plaque and you know everything if you just do that once a day you're actually good but it's not that you know nobody really does it brush their teeth that thoroughly so do it twice a day morning and night it is best if you brush like after a snack but I mean it's it works in theory but who who does that yeah. right weird people carry on a toothbrush right uh, you know what if it's gonna save your teeth be weird I mean I'll, I'll judge you still I'll laugh at you but <laughs> it's, it's probably good for your teeth um, and you know I didn't realize this until <laughs> you showed me mm. a few months ago how to actually brush teeth and you're doing this weird wrist flicking motion. <laughs> I assumed that I knew how to brush my teeth. It's one of those things where if someone says to you, you don't know how to brush your teeth, you're doing it incorrectly, uh-huh. you're going to get really defensive because you're like, what the hell are you talking about? I've been doing this since I was right, a kid. Right. I know how to brush my teeth. <laughs> but you really think about it, who taught you how to brush your teeth and how long ago was that? <laughs> and you've been doing it exactly the same way since then. Yeah, totally. If you learned how to brush your teeth when you were, let's say, six or seven years old and that was your last time, it's very likely that you're actually brushing it the incorrect way for adults. Um, When you're a child, your teeth are a little more spaced out 
the, when there's space between teeth, it's less likely for um, caries to develop in between teeth, if this makes sense. But when, uh, when you become an adult, teeth are like super close to each other, which is why flossing is also important. But also when you're a child, your motor coordination, your hand skills are not as good and precise. So dentists teach you a very simple way of taking care of those baby teeth, and that's okay. But when you're an adult, you do have to like learn it again. So, you know, when we were 16 or 18, our dentist should have sat us down again and say, look, now that you're an adult, this is how you should start brushing teeth. Yeah. But I guarantee that no dentist has ever done that. <laughs> uh, and I certainly had never learned. So I want to link to a, a video in the, in the show notes, episode 29, how to brush your teeth like an adult. Um, <laughs> okay, so flossing, I, I, I've heard twice a day, but honestly, I, I, I don't think anybody most people won't do it twice a day if they did it once a day consistently is that good enough yes absolutely please just do it once a day yeah it will take you a long long way in terms of your gum health and your teeth health it does both things okay so floss like a boss 365 <laughs> i like that yep uh, <laughs> and it takes a few months to, to build up this habit it took me about three months of force myself to remember to do it mm. but now it's and i used to feel like it would take so long to, to do. Oh right. my god, that beetle finally shut up. <laughs> Alright, so sorry if that was super annoying for the last 20 minutes, but we are in the jungle. <laughs> There's an elephant over there to our left. Alright, and brush, floss, don't eat sugar, take care of your teeth, see dentists. How, how often should people actually go see a dentist? Every six months would be a good term just to make sure that things are in check. Once you start and getting a light cleaning just to keep things like, you know, nice and light and clean. If you fall off of that, like, try not to. Um, depending on how healthy your teeth are though, like, my teeth are, my teeth and gums are pretty very healthy and I'm okay, I know that I'm okay with like a once a year cleaning, but that's because I brush and floss well. Um, but yeah, like a six months is a good term for a healthy person with a healthy teeth, healthy okay. set of teeth. But if your dentist recommends to you to get a root canal or even a deep cleaning, second opinion? Deep cleaning, uh, this is a whole new, <laughs> you, you just opened up a new oh, Pandora's okay. box. Um, okay, let me just put this very, try to say it very quickly. Is it BS? No, it's not BS. Okay. It's definitely good and helpful. The thing is, I know that deep cleanings are a lot more expensive, um, but cleanings are a way that the hygienists make a living, in a way, right? And the normal cleanings are fairly cheap, even if you pay full price. I mean, they're not like super cheap, but they're fairly cheap for the amount of time that the hygienist spends. So if you think about it in terms of the hygienist's wage, if they just do light cleanings, they're really not gonna make much of a living. Um, so there are a lot of people in the borderline that Perhaps if you meet a thorough hygienist that will take the time to clean your teeth for a normal cleaning session, a normal cleaning could do it. But the thing is, once they see like visible calculus and stuff like that, they know that they have to use their wrists a lot. And it's actually a very difficult job. And cleaning out all the calculus in somebody's mouth is sounds like an easy thing, but it's actually not. Okay. Teeth are curved everywhere. It's actually really hard to do. Um, so if you want a really thoroughly nice cleaning done, um, a deep cleaning as like harmful or as aggressive as that sounds it actually is not I, I do want to um, 
I, I don't want people to misunderstand as like deep cleaning as being like this horrible thing. It's it's really not. It it will help you because once you develop pockets, which you will not develop pockets if you had flossed well, but if you didn't floss well for a while and your gums get inflamed and you develop pockets, you can't clean out what's inside of that pocket with anything else. Um, and if you put a sharp instrument down that pocket, it's gonna hurt. That's why you have to be numbed. Um, so that the hygienist can actually clean it thoroughly without you having you flinch every second. Um, yeah, so it is, I mean, I know that it's financially a hit, but a deep cleaning is definitely avoidable. So what I would do if somebody tells you that you need a deep cleaning is I would just do it. And then afterwards, I would be extremely religious about flossing and brushing correctly and ask the hygienist demo. Like they have to show you if you ask them. Um, if, if they can show you how to brush your teeth correctly and floss your teeth correctly, they will show you. So ask and learn huh. and do it religiously and then you will likely not need a deep cleaning for a long time again or ever again maybe sometimes. Okay, so everyone's goal should be prevent this crap in the, in the first place. <laughs> yep. Brush twice a day correctly, not like you, you did when you were six. Right. Floss every day, 365. Like a boss. Like a boss. <laughs> And uh, yeah, that's it. So, Alyssa, thank you so much for, for being on and dropping all this knowledge to everyone. Sure, it was really, really fun. Thanks for having me, Johnny. Yeah, no worries. So if they want to check out your website, it's... It's it internationaldentistcentral.com. All right, cool. And my blog is johnnyfd.com. If you want to check it out, see what we've been up to. Uh, I'm going to write out a uh, cost of living uh, out here because uh, Alyssa inspired me to write down how much I'm actually spending every month mm -hmm. out here in Chiang Mai. So that's going to be up by the time this episode's up and if you want to check out the show notes it's episode 29 travel like a boss podcast.com hashtag floss like a boss 365 see ya see ya thank you for listening to the travel like a boss podcast if you want to hear more including the bonus how to choose the perfect niche episode join our mailing list at travel like a boss podcast.com see you next week and remember if you want to travel like a boss you need to be your own boss so start your online business today and start living the lifestyle you've always dreamed of <laughs>